Hello, everyone. This is Stuart Crawford, and welcome back to another edition of the MSP Show here on Blog Talk Radio. It's great to have a platform like Blog Talk Radio that gets, allows us to get some good, word out, good words out to the MSP community. And like I said, we're trying to get this on a regular basis. Oh, we've been struggling the last few weeks just because of scheduling and, and getting people to come on the show. It's, you know, so if you, if you know somebody who would be a great um, guest speaker, send them our way. But today we don't have that problem. Today we have Andrew Moon from Orange Nomad who joins us from Columbus, Ohio. And we were just talking earlier about, uh, you know, life in Ohio, hockey in Ohio, you know, and Andrew's originally from the Pittsburgh area. And so we got talking about uh, just Blue Jackets and Florida hockey. And now we're going to talk about LinkedIn. So Andrew, welcome to the show this week. Uh, Stuart, thanks for having me. Um, It's uh, an honor to be here uh, with you on MSP Radio. Happy to be here. so tell me, Andrew, you you've been, you ran an MSP business, and now you're, you know, like a lot of us, doing something post-MSP uh, business. But give us a little bit of a background for those people that may not know who you are. Yeah, just to give a little bit of background. I've been an entrepreneur since I was eight. A lot of people get a kick out of that story. Um, I grew up in a very – in a steel coal, coal country outside of Pittsburgh. Um, so, yeah, it was it was very entrepreneurial from, from the time I was eight. My older brother, two older cousins, we were always doing something to make money. So – um, I got in the IT space back in the 90s, I think, with, with most everybody before the dot-com bust. So I've been in IT since the early 90s, uh, saw things through, uh, had some forays in the car business, cars, computers, and Orange are kind of my thing. So, um, But yeah, in 2004, we converted to managed services before it became the buzzword that it is. Um, yeah, you know, I, I started uh, Network Logics is the company I had ran my MSP under uh, for ten years, and so I, I understand the struggles of running a business. Uh, you know, the, the, the getting the business model, having a constant lead flow. Um, I actually sold my MSP in 2014 to a, a friendly competitor, if you will, here in the state of Ohio. Uh, we were targeting a lot of the same markets: um, apartment communities, property management companies, and attorneys were my specialty and my niche. Um, so I was working with another MSP out of, uh, Cleveland actually. So there was a lot of cross mix between our clients. So I had, you know, law offices here in Columbus that had offices in Cleveland and vice versa for them. They had law offices in Cleveland and we would support each other. So we had been working with each other for a couple of years before I finally decided to, to jump ship, do something different. My, uh, my startup junkie need, um, had, hadn't been filled in a while. So. Um, so branched out and started something different, uh, more of education and just taking the things that I've learned in the 20 plus years in the IT industry and really, you know, help struggling MSPs really implement systems and process. Uh, specifically, you know, most of my focus over the last few years has been around LinkedIn. Um, so just to kind of, just to give you a, a little bit of history, how that actually started, I was using LinkedIn effectively inside my own business for the last two years. That was probably 80 to 90% of our leads came from my LinkedIn network. And it kind of dawned on me that we, I did a lot of lunch and learns and probably about 18 months before I sold, we, we were able to put 40, 50 people in a room off of my LinkedIn list for a lunch and learn. And it really dawned on me that this is something I need to, to figure out, put more effort into, um, so with the success of that, when I sold, I started having a lot of MSPs reach out to me because they, they found out that I had great success. And I think the last year we were in business, I wrote $125,000 off, just off my LinkedIn list from doing lunch and learn. So 
so I got into teaching and really just uh, helping people figure out the animal that is LinkedIn. Um, so that's a little bit about where I came from. So, yeah, and I, you know, I love LinkedIn, Andrew, and I, I, I kind of shifted over to the dark side a little bit and kind of looked at more like Facebook over the last while. But you know, thanks to Mark Zuckerberg and his infamous uh, changes he's done. Um, <laughs> You know, I've come back to LinkedIn, and actually, I'm running an event tomorrow in Baltimore. And I would say a majority of the people coming from coming to that event are people that I knew uh, through clients, and of course, clients are. But a lot of people I reached out to on LinkedIn, and just you know, and I, I don't, and I don't even have the paid for version, so I'm not even leveraging InMail. I'm just using the free version with uh, you know making some connection requests, and then when they connect, not doing what <laughs> we see a lot of, mm. uh, not spamming them like crazy, like a few vendors, uh, not to mention one that starts with a K and ends with Isaiah. <laughs> but um you know that um but there's a lot of uh you know the, the, a lot of people coming tomorrow and by the time this is going to air it'll be just getting ready to start up in, in about 10 15 minutes yeah. so uh you know we we got a lot of people coming to our baltimore and and i'm going to be in pittsburgh on the 12th and i'm working a list on linkedin as well to get people to come out to to see us in pittsburgh uh next uh, monday the 12th awesome. so same you know and, I, and i'm so i'm a big and i was i was using linkedin gee uh I had a friend of mine back in Calgary when I was running my MSP days, uh, Craig Elias, hmm. who uh, who very one of the, like one of the very early adopters of LinkedIn, and I think he also helped contribute to the original idea. Uh, he he said he had a million dollar, he won a million dollars in some uh, business idea contest, and I think it was something to do with LinkedIn back in like two thousand and three ish kind of time frame. But I mean, I was on. I got on LinkedIn back, you know, back in the early, early, early days. Uh, it's obviously a lot better now than it was back then. But uh, you know, it, it was a very powerful tool, and I, I think Andrew, a lot of MSCs are really not uh, not utilizing that uh, that platform as like you do to reach out to other like-minded business owners. Yeah, it, it's one of those animals that, you know, we as tech guys love the, the technology side of things. And I just think for most businesses, even just outside of the tech industry, that LinkedIn's one of those animals that people just quite haven't figured it out. Um, but there's a system, there's a method to the madness, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's something that I teach in, uh, you know, MSPs. You, you don't go all guns blazing in full sales mode with LinkedIn. And that's really the first key. You know, I come from a sales background, so, you know, that's, that's what that natural tendency is there to do. But yeah, LinkedIn is about building relationships and that takes a little bit of time. Um, but yeah, it's one of those animals that just, you know, people have a hard time with trying to figure out, you know, and they can't figure out the ROI on it. They get on there, do a little bit. They think, you know, they feel like they're wasting their time. So people stop, stop with it. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a huge tool and it also helps effectively uh, warm up leads, warm up prospects for your other marketing efforts. Um, you know, I, I definitely don't, don't preach and teach that LinkedIn is the, you know, one cure-all that ends all and that you don't do any other marketing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it supplements and really complements a lot of other marketing that you would be doing. Uh, you know, it's, it, the hardest thing is just getting people's attention. And once you have their attention and you do it in the right way, I mean, relationships are huge and you will continually find business. I still do. I still get IT leads and I sold my business in 2014. You know, so, so here's, just, you know, here's a, here's a, here's a question for you on LinkedIn is, uh, you know, and I, I understand I get, I get the value of it. Um, are people, are business owners 
or your target market, your the IT decision makers, are they going on to LinkedIn during the business the business day? Uh, you know, there's some argument that maybe Facebook has a higher attention span, like there's more more frequent logins into Facebook than they are with LinkedIn. Uh, what are what are you seeing with the with the guys that you work with? You know, what I'm seeing is you know the tendency for decision makers in IT. Most of those people, the CEOs general managing partners, those types of things that we're trying to reach out to as, as managed service providers, IT service providers, they're not screwing around on Facebook. I mean, let's just, you know, when they go on the LinkedIn, they're there for business. And that's really the, the mindset change that people have with LinkedIn. So they're much more engaged and the target market we're trying to reach out to, those are the people that are using LinkedIn. You know, they go there for a reason and, you know, so I think you have a, a much more, a, a greater focused of t attention. I mean, because that's the face that we get on Facebook and we, we all get squirreled. And, you know, an hour later, you're looking at cat videos and arguing with people about politics. I think that's the difference is just the attention span of those people that are actually utilizing the platform. I'm not saying that CEOs aren't on Facebook. Uh, but I mean, you and I know as, as IT providers, we try to block those things on corporate networks anyway, you know, so. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I just, that's we, you know, there are, they are huge, big time sucks for a lot of people. And I mean, I just walk around my own office sometimes and I see, uh, I just closely watch people, what they're doing. And besides my social media time, team who are supposed to be on it, sometimes you see the odd person kind of just spending a little bit too much time on her. So, you know, obviously, you know, you you want you know that's a, that's an area of concern, and I think Andrew, you know, with the Facebook side, I think if you want to reach the consumer, the end user, mm -hmm. consumer with the home PC or home you know wireless network, that would be uh, that would be a great uh, platform for that. But I think you're right, business to business, uh, you know, LinkedIn gives uh, affords more opportunity. Uh, what I like about it. And maybe you could talk to this a little bit more. Is uh, you know the the ability to, to really search for the right decision maker. I've always promoted LinkedIn as a great prospecting tool. Uh, it's huge, and you know, and, and that's where where I generally will start from. Is that that's all what we're looking for is to generate new business. And you know, LinkedIn's the largest self updating database in the world. So you know, finding contact information, those types of things. But it, it again, it goes back to doing it the right way and prospecting in the right way. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of the functionality that, that you can do with the free accounts, but you get even more when you obviously do the paid version, let's just face it. Now that Microsoft owns them, you know, that's the name of the game. They're looking for subscription service like everybody else. Um, but yeah, the functionality you get with say Sales Navigator, I mean, I can get a granular search around, you know, a radius around a zip code for a market that I'm trying to go into or a market around my office. And I mean, that's huge because then it's just systematically going about contacting and filtering down to those people that I know are decision makers. And, you know, if, if I'm looking for attorneys, I know that generally the people that are going to make the decisions, obviously are managing partners, you know, those, it just depends on the size of the firm, you know, what their title is but I could search all the way down to that narrow view and then just, you know, systematically start outreach to them. And, you know, then it, it's a matter of trying to set up meetings. My, my biggest key was trying to set up just informal coffee meetings. And I've had su huge success with that. Um, you know, we, we did a Q and a call yesterday and, 
I, I think I've got a few that are actually are some of your clients as well that that have had some success with it, booked meetings, had booked lunch meetings, breakfast meetings with people, and then they, the hard part is just staying consistent and they'll stop doing it. And, you know, that, and that's really the hard part is as an MSP owner is trying to do it all, but it's just consistency, consistency, sorry, consistency on the platform is really what's going to give you the long-term results where you'll just see well, people, that's yeah. That's the secret with marketing for anything, Andrew. Now, if you're doing direct mail, email marketing, which I think is kind of sliding away, that's why I love talking to you about what you're doing. But, you know, um, it's, it is that consistency, consistency, business to business network. I mean, I built my MSP, $5.5 million MSP on, you know, on going to networking functions and getting well-known in the, but I went three or four times a week. Right. You know, and that, and that didn't hit immediately. That took three or four years. And we started our company in 2001, and it wasn't really until 2004 until we hit our stride. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm with you. It takes a lot of consistency to make this thing, uh, make this thing happen. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, we all want that quick fix. We all want that lay down sale, and you know, when we don't get it, we get frustrated, think the platform doesn't work, or think the marketing doesn't work. But yeah, you just have to stay true to the system and the process of doing it. And that's really, what, again, what the hard part for people with LinkedIn is they don't know what that system is. They don't know, you know, the cadence, the rhythm of reaching out to people, trying to stay in front of people. I mean, because you and I both know the MSP game. Not everybody's looking for a new IT service provider today, but they might be three months from now, six months from now. I think I saw a couple posts, uh, you know, uh, over the weekend that uh, some of your folks were chimed in on that sometimes it's three years later six years later before somebody finally shows up and decides to write you a check. Um, exactly. But yeah, it's just staying true to the, the consistency of what you're doing and LinkedIn's no different. So, so, so I know, I know you, uh, I know you've worked with a lot of MSPs on getting LinkedIn established from what would you be, Andrew, what were your, like your three uh, tips that you would you know give to an MSP who's, uh, you know, looking at making a serious run on LinkedIn to help, uh, back up their sales activities. The first thing that I do and the biggest mistake I see in the IT space is it is setting up your personal LinkedIn profile like your company page, like the you know, like your website. There's a lot of technical speak and it's a lot of corporate speak on there. And CEOs, the people we're trying to reach out to really don't care to see, you know, to read the same information they just saw on your website. They want to know about you as a person. And that's really the key thing with your profile is being able to connect with somebody in, in a very meaningful way just from your profile. They want to see equals. They want to see other CEOs. They don't want to connect with another network technician or another network admin. They want to connect with another CEO. So that's where I coach most. That's, that's the foundation of where you start with LinkedIn is to make your profile appear as a CEO. So, you know, and again, that's the, the summary is probably the most key thing is that the people that are having the most success with LinkedIn tell their story on there. They tell their origin story, why they started their MSP, the challenges that they've had in running an MSP, um, you know, how they've overcome those challenges. And then just getting a touch personal with people, just letting them know that you're a real person. Um, and in that, that's real key. I mean, I had somebody reach out to me and it's after reading my profile, he said, I feel like I just had a cup of coffee with you and I kind of know your life story and you know, I'd like to know more. And that's really what you want is to 
elicit somebody to want to engage with you. Because then, you know, anything you do from that point forward is just building that relationship. And you're now 100% different from every other IT guy out there because they know you as a person. So, you know, that's really key there. And then the second thing is just knowing who you're looking for on LinkedIn. And you probably face this with some of your marketing clients, a small business owner, you know, in the state of Ohio with 10 or more computers is not a target market. You'll have a tough time reaching out and finding enough traction, even on LinkedIn, if that's what you're looking for. It's too, too generic. Um, but yeah, just picking a niche market to go after. And a lot of, a lot of people are still afraid to do that, but those people who are having the most success know who they're looking for on LinkedIn and they build their list off of that. And, you know, LinkedIn really gives you that functionality of having uh, a good list and a good warm list is really the key to the Achilles heel with marketing. And, you know, I think you, you find that too. Is. Well, you know, if we, you know, you and I have talked uh, offline uh, about, you know, just simple things like pumpkin plan, both from Mike Michalowicz and yep. talking about, you know, from a marketing and sales thing. And again, I understand it. And I, I know where a lot of MSPs are. They don't want to exclude anybody because there's a risk. They, they, there's this apparent risk that they may not succeed if they say, I'm going to be focused on one market, one market only. So yeah. I get that. You know, te but technically they can continue to be broad as broad can be. Uh, you know, from a marketing perspective though, I, I marketing and sales activities, I highly recommend that they really zero in and you, and you echo that zero in on what you want to become from a market, at least from a marketing and sales side first before, you know, before investing in all the technical side. Cause you know, I don't, I don't know how much you know about my MSP, Andrew, but I, you know, we were in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and we were, you know, a one of the top MSPs in the oil and gas industry to the point where we only worked with oil and gas clients. And we became experts in that industry where we got to know all the salespeople who sold software solutions in that industry, all the technical people who service those software solutions. Uh, we sent our engineers to like oil and gas technical school. So they learned about the technical side of the oil and gas industry, not the IT side, the te their, their technical side. And I tell you, it really helped us. Uh, it really, really helped us, uh, you know, gain a strong foothold in the marketplace. It, it really does. And, and you know, you touched briefly on that too. Is that's really when sales and marketing changed for me is when I changed how I viewed myself and how I viewed our company. And when I finally put the focus that we're a sales and marketing company first, we just happen to provide IT services. That's that mindset change flipped the switch on everything. And that's really what allowed momentum. Um, but yeah, then targeting down into those vertical markets, you know, property management companies were, were one of our top niches. And we happen to have the, the apartment association, which is all the property management companies here in, you know, in central Ohio, were all part of that. So we started there. We started with that association and started speaking at their events. And again, about business type things. And you know, I think my first speaking engagement there was just talking about social media in 2008, 2009. And I wrote three clients, MSP contracts that week off of that one speaking engagement. And again, that's when that, you know, the, the light bulb goes off in your head that there's, there's something to this. Uh, 
So you dig a little bit deeper and find out what the frustrations and the pain points were in that industry. And one of them that we found was having a uh, basically like a CRM system for a practice management software. That was everybody's frustration is there were handful in the market and it ran the gamut anywhere from a thousand dollars to $125,000. And these apartment owners, business owners had no idea how to go about making an educated decision with that. So I was like, okay, we, I went to the association. And I said, look, I have an idea for this. Let's get all the, the vendors in the practice management software and let's host a, you know, a, a Q and a session with them. I'll moderate it. And I'll ask, you know, the business and the technical questions, the things that these guys aren't, don't know to ask. And, you know, we had seven vendors show up, put a hundred people in the room and everybody loved it. But those are the things you get down to when you get into those niche markets that you can be really, really good at. And all I did was ask the questions. I moderated the event and I'm now the, the subject matter expert when it comes to practice management software. So I'm the, I'm the folks that, you know, they, they reach out to when they're trying to choose software. So, which obviously leads to other opportunities. So, but yeah, well, you know, just, I like, I like what you said about the, you know, just by, you know, looking at something and doing a talk around social media. I remember my first, my first, one, one, one of the first events I ever did when we started Ulistic and, you know, cause we started off as a, you know, a small business marketing consulting company until all my MSP park buddies started to, uh, dragging me back into the MSP phase. I had no desire to come back into MSP. But, uh, you know, we, we were doing everything from, you know, learning how to use the iPad for business. Like, yep. MSPs, would, and MSPs today probably wouldn't even think about something like that. Uh, well, I'm not going to say all because there are people like us who think differently. But most of them want to do like things like backup and voice and, you know, stuff like that and go, if everybody's doing it, why would somebody come to your event? And now I know we're getting off on a tangent here, but it kind of ties back into what we want to do at LinkedIn. It does. And it's all about education. And, and that really is what made that effective because every time that, you know, you post an article or you write an article or repost a, you know, trade, you know, something that's pertinent to them, I stay top of mind with all of them. And that's the name of the game is just maintaining your attention with them. Um, but yeah, just everybody wants to get on there and start selling. And that's not what people are looking for on there. And you know, I, I found the, the, that part of it was I added training type services into my highest demanded service plan. And, you know, I called it an executive concierge service where on a quarterly basis, they could pick three people that I would do one-on-one -on -one training with. And that usually was the CEO and his administrative assistant. And you just sit down with them for a couple hours and, you know, figure out, okay, how to make things better, how to make just what you said, showing them how to use the iPad to get on, uh, you know, to be able to post to their practice management software from an iPad. Uh, just working them through the technical side of things there and fixing real business problems. And that was a huge differentiator because nobody else in town was doing that. Nobody would spend the time to help people use their technology a bit better. And yeah, I mean, it takes time, but you know, that's, that's the huge differentiator. If they decide to ever leave you, those are the things that they're going to feel those, you know, nobody else is going to do that. So yeah, it's a, it's a huge differentiator when you, you take the time to, to educate people. So. Well, it's like what Miles Keogh says. I don't know if you know Miles Keogh, but uh, he runs Bay technology in Boston. 
And he says, you know, all that, you know, monitoring, patching, all that other stuff, that's the everybody stuff. It's, it's that 20% that you do differently or, or in addition and to, you know, that people are going to miss if they ever decide to leave you. And that's exactly what you're talking about. You know, and for our, you know, in our world, it's doing things like setting up their Microsoft partner profiles and stuff like that, because, you know, not every, not every marketing company has the ability or the knowledge to do something like that. And, you know, I think that's, you know, I think you can demonstrate that on LinkedIn too, is that, you know, you're, if you're educating people, you're going to become more attractive than the person that just keeps selling or talks about the same old, you know, same old thing that everybody else does because you took, you took continuums or, uh, let's, you know, Microsoft or some other vendors, uh, you know, partner done for you marketing and just kind of rebroadcasted it. Yeah. Everybody's just doing cut and paste marketing. Uh, and that's, there's no way to differentiate for a client to make an educated decision about which IT firm to go through or to go with if everybody looks the same. The only differentiator to them at that point is the price. And, you know, that's not a conversation I want to get into, you know, with people all the time is, is to fight over price. So, but yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, no, and again, you know, that's you know, that, it's when... If you're getting beat up on price, it means you're not giving enough value. And I think that's because uh, that's the only thing you can be judged on is price. Yeah, exactly. And if I've established, that was the great thing with, with, with the folks who are having success on LinkedIn is when you finally sit down and meet with them, when you have conversations with them, they feel like they already know you. That's the beautiful thing with social media. It's, it's much more uh, robust relationship than, you know, at a network event or if you're trying to chuck your business card in somebody's face. It's a much different relationship. So when it comes time for you to actually close a lot of those, it's more like a referral. It's a much easier sale because they feel like they know you. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's the type of sales process that you want to have is, is, I mean, we all love referrals and, and your close ratio is much higher on a referral than anything else. Uh, and I think, you know, that's at least for me and the guys that are having the success with it is that that's what they've, are able to do. They create enough in the sales process. They build that trust ahead of time. So when you go into close, it's not a hard sale. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that approach. So I think we covered two of your three tips. Is there is there one that we're missing? I, I, we touched on consistency. You know, just you got to stay on it, and it doesn't. It's not time consuming. Once once you figure out, you know, who you're reaching out to, and you take 15 minutes a day to reach out to 10 or 20 people that will keep your pipeline full. You, and that will, you know, I'm all about ABCs always be closing, but it's with, with LinkedIn, it's always be calendaring. The more people I get in front of, the more people I have meetings with, the better chance I have to broaden my network, close business. And you'll, you'll have people come out of nowhere where, you know, there's so-and-so said, you know, they talk with you. And the greatest thing with LinkedIn is you have a coffee meeting with somebody, you have no idea who, who they're referring to you, and you'll just have deals fall in your lap where, you know, so-and-so said you had a coffee meeting with them, you know, couldn't talk, and they're not even a client yet. And they're referring to people, and I'm able to close business off of simple coffee meetings with people. I mean, that's, that's huge. You know, and I like the coffee meeting idea because I use that one myself. It's, my, it's amazing that you and I kind of, 
follow the same path just in multiple different parts of the of the continent. So, yes. you know, I did I did exactly the same thing. I mean, I would take instead of taking people out for lunch, where you know, because back in the day, in two thousand one, when we didn't have a lot of money, it was cheaper to go to Tim Hortons or Starbucks versus uh, you know versus somewhere for lunch. And you know, and I don't think people, uh, I don't think people uh, judged us because of that. I mean, you know, it's it, I think it was well received and. Uh, I think people have more time for 15 or 20 minutes over coffee than an hour for lunch. So I think that's a really good, uh, a good door opener, uh, Andrews, that, you know, even just that simple invite for a coffee. It is. And, and, and I've closed so much business out of Starbucks. I feel like, you know, that's a, it's a second office and, but yeah, it, it's such an informal setting that they don't, you know, and as, and again, that's the key. Don't go in selling and it's just an informal, you know, learning about each other and, you know, have I closed business off of first coffee meetings? Yep. And, you know, but again, it's, that's not front in mind. I, I just want to learn as much as I can about somebody. And you'll be amazed how much people will tell you and they tell you exactly how to sell to them in those conversations. And, you know, once you know that, the things that they do and don't like, I mean, your sales process is different. You just, you customize the sales process to, keep that relationship going in time so that when they're ready, you're the one they call. So shifting gears a little bit, I mean, I have, I have LinkedIn open right now. And while you were chatting, I decided, you know, I'm going to go bite the bullet and I'm going to buy the, uh, the premium version because I've used it before. Yep. And, um, you know, so there's this new feature called sales navigator. Yep. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. You know, how, you know, how is that helping, uh, managed services, uh, business sales professionals, market professionals get, you know, get more information about their prospects. The big thing with Sales Navigator that you can do is you, you can tag people in there. Uh, you can mark them as leads and you can even mark at the account level, you know, and I don't know whether you do like a, you know, um, you know, a, a dream 100 list you know, these are my dream 100 clients or, you know, I do, a, I did a dream 25. It's a much smaller, I can market to 25 people consistently enough on it, even on a tight budget. Um, so that's what I would do is just, you, you target the 25 companies that I want to do business with. Uh, and, and then you're able to see the things that they post. Uh, you're able to follow, you know, and see the, uh, the pecking order, if you will, uh, in, inside their company. So when you drill into you know, their company, you see all the employees. So you're able to do that. But the big thing is the save search functionality. Um, that for me is huge where I can get very granular in how I find people and I can filter down so that I'm, I'm reaching CEOs, not executive assistants. I have a lot more functionality uh, to be able to do that inside Sales Navigator. They just rolled out a couple additional features with being able to customize sales preferences. So if you know that, okay, you know, I'm looking for this industry, uh, this company size, uh, this title, you can save those preferences so it speeds up your search capability. So I just execute a search, okay, if I want to find, you know, managing partners that have been there 10 years or longer and the company size is 11 through 50. And, you know, it's a simple search. So you know, Sales Navigator allows you to reach a much broader uh, customer base. But the other thing that it does for you is 
obviously with LinkedIn, you know, the pay to play program, like anything else, it allows you to be found much easier. And that's really what you want. You want people to be able to find you. Uh, so that's really sales navigator allows you to, to, to be able to do that. You know, the other key thing too, for if you have sales teams, it allows you to monitor. That's one of the big things that I get because, you know, if you bring on, you know, a salesperson to run inside your organization, you know, and they leave, then what happens? You know, if they're using their personal LinkedIn profile to do that and you're not managing the leads, that's, that allows you to do that in Sales Navigator. I can keep the leads in Sales Navigator. So if they leave, those leads all stay with me. So, you know, so you've got some functionality for some of the bigger MSPs who happen to have salespeople. So, uh, but, you know, it's worth it. You know, to me, it's a, I think it was 75 bucks. I think I paid, or is it 79? I think it's 79 now. So, but, to, you know, to me, that's a small price to pay being a sales and marketing company. And that's, again, if you have that change in mindset as an MSP that you're a sales and marketing company, you just happen to provide IT services. I mean, 80 bucks is a, is, is a small small price for having a self-updated list. So, I, I, I like it. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, you're right. It's a, it's a marketing, I think marketing sales focused company. Actually, I like to add one extra new layer and that you need to be a content and media company that yep. happens, you know, marketing and sales and then technology. I'm just throwing that market. I'm throwing that media and content in their necks or ahead of it, just because that's kind of, I think the way the, the world's going, but yeah, you're, you know, bang on. I love, I love looking at the, you know, I used the sales navigator in the past and I think it's a great, great tool. Uh, Andrew, what about, um, you know, there's always some debate and I don't know if you, if you're up on this, but I'm going to ask you and see if you have an opinion. You know, there's a lot of uh, countries outside of the United States that have very strict spam regulations. How does LinkedIn fit into that? So if you're messaging people, are you, are you, do you need to comply with the country's, uh, spam uh you know laws well that's the interesting thing with you know each country you know regulates linkedin a little bit differently um but that's the thing if you're messaging people inside of linkedin you know if if you're and again if you take the approach of establishing a relationship versus selling somebody i've yet to have anybody run into a problem in any of the countries where we have clients um because you're not, you know, you're not selling them anything. It isn't cutting and pasting an email script. Um, and even the stuff that I teach is just your direct messaging. It's not necessarily an in-mail. So, you know, everything that I do is just off of direct messaging people after I get connected with them. So gotcha. I haven't run into that. And the, the thing with, with LinkedIn is you have 100% deliverability versus email. I know it's going to get there. I know it's going to. That's hit right. That's the big. That's the bigger challenge with email is you know is you know stuff ends up in people's spam filters and you you have you have no idea if it was ever delivered. Exactly. Yeah. And and, it, and with the with and with emails don't isn't it like a, a guaranteed uh, delivery if it if it's not read within seven days you get that email back. Yeah, and if they if they click not interested you'll get that back too. So um, you know, but again, it's I don't even to be honest with you I don't even use email. I, I don't, I think I may have in, in since 2006 and I've been on the platform, I think I've sent two in-mails, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, it's, it's about if I'm connected with them already, I don't have to use an in-mail. I can direct message. Gotcha. Them. So, and, gotcha. 
you know, it, they basically have opted in at that point. If they, if they've, I've sent a connection request, they've accepted it. I can now send direct messages to them. And again, same thing. I know that hundred percent they're going to get there. It's going to hit their inbox. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. Perfect. Well, that's uh, that's great. And any other LinkedIn tips, Andrew, that you want to share? I mean, again, uh, I know you I know you provide this as a service for MSPs, and I'd love to figure out more ways that you and I can work together because I think there's a there's some good uh, good synergies here. But what you know, any other last minute tips you can think of? I, I think the big thing is, and we're going to see the huge change. I mean, Microsoft owns LinkedIn, and we're starting to see a lot more integrations with Office 365. And we had already see, starting to see that within Word, um, being able to type a resume and have it pull data from LinkedIn. Where I see a huge opportunities for MSPs is being able to educate your clients on LinkedIn because it's, it's a Microsoft product. I think we're going to see, you know, Sales Navigator baked into some of possibly, I'm hearing the, the E3 and E4 plans of Office 365. And when that happens, when your customers are, you know, they automatically get LinkedIn as part of their Office 365 package, they're going to start asking questions. And I think that's, that's the huge opportunity and the upside that I see for MSPs is you, you now have a chance to have a different conversation with people. It's, a, it's, it's around something that is, that they're interested in. And, you know, it's, it's not a tech conversation. And, you know, I found this, I, I spoke at, a, at an event here in Columbus last year, and one of the CEOs of a huge uh, um, property development company, an architectural firm, he has 13 offices up and down the East Coast, and he wanted to know how to utilize LinkedIn to help, same thing, lead generation. His big thing is, how do I recruit engineers? How do I use it to recruit engineers? So the very next week, I'm, I'm in his office teaching him how to do LinkedIn on a one-on-one. You know, -on -one. And that's, not, that's probably not a meeting I would probably be able to get if I'm going in there pitching IT services. That's and, right. Yeah, that's, I like that. So that's when the light bulb went off for me. I'm like, there's a huge opportunity here. I'm coming in to talk about something he wants to talk about that, that helps him grow his business. And, oh, by the way, we also do this. And, you know, then you talk about the IT, you, you have your foot in the door at that point. And, you know, that's, that is a light bulb moment. And when you're sitting in, in, in his office and I said, okay, that's why I, being the tech guy, I would start asking, you know, what do you guys do for this? What do you guys do for that? And, you know, there's some, some, some holes and some opportunities for, you know, MSPs to go in there and supplement his current in-house IT staff. So I passed along those leads to a couple MSPs that I know. And yeah, I, I just think that that's probably going to be a big opportunity is, is being able to teach your clients how to use LinkedIn. So the quicker I think MSPs figure it out, um, it, it's a different conversation that they can have and a you know, different marketing, if you will, because now you're marketing education on LinkedIn to help them generate sales. I'm not having a tech and an IT conversation. You know, and I can I can uh, back that up, Andrew, because part of our marketing in a box service, and also you know our other marketing that we do for MSPs, we're definitely taking that that uh, education approach. We had an Excel webinar yesterday where we had 
we had to turn people away because it was oversubscribed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we struggle. Like, I mean, I struggle to get people to come to a cybersecurity webinar, which is very, very important to their business. But they'd rather come into somebody talking about Excel for an hour versus, you know, what things to do to protect their business. And I think that's just the, you know, nature, nature of the beast. We have, we've done link, we've done LinkedIn ones, like introduction to LinkedIn ones where, you know, we provide it to our clients now that all they have to do, all they have to do is upload it to YouTube or Facebook or, uh, I think LinkedIn, the video is too long for it, but they could put it up on, uh, they could put it up there and even get a go to webinar subscription and upload the recording and, and do that. Education is, it's so so important, and you're you know right. You you get the attention of that business owner by showing him or her how to use LinkedIn more efficiently, and then when you're doing that, you can have the conversations about uh, the computer systems and the network and security and all that other stuff. I just think there's too many IT companies that you know want to do, and I and I and I say this, and I and I really mean it is people have had enough with voice over IP and backup solutions. Yeah. And it's it, cybersecurity is kind of getting burnt out. And I'm not saying those aren't conversations you got to have. They're important. Throw Don't something else yeah, they're important. Yeah, they're important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But and, and again, you know, you show, show me how to use, show me how to use the tools that I, that I invest in or tools that I need to be looking at. And then you can come and talk. Once you gain my trust, then you can talk to me about all the things I need to be doing. Exactly. And, and, and the biggest thing is if, if you can teach a business owner how to make money, how they can make more money, how much stickier does it make you if you're happen to go in there and get an IT contract behind it? Exactly. Like, you know, nobody else is going to teach them how to, how to keep making money. And, you know, again, that's where it's CEO to CEO conversations. We've got the same problems that other business owners have. So. If somebody can just show me how to take all these tools and put them in one platform, I'll sign a contract tomorrow. That's what <laughs> I always say. That would be huge. Because, uh, because I mean, I have SEO stuff over all the place. I have this over, and that's love one single pane of glass. There's not gonna, you know, that I can already that's already out there that I can just show me how to use it, and yep. I'll be I'll be a happy man. Andrew, I know you I know you provide this as a uh, you know consulting around LinkedIn as a service for MSPs. How do how do people get a hold of you to learn more about what you do? Uh, they can reach out, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, our, my website's Orange Nomad. That's on the consulting side. Um, I have LinkedIn for MSPs.com. Uh, you know, it's an online course that, that you can take that teaches you everything, how to do LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I teach you everything that worked for me as an MSP and all the research that we've compiled over the last three years of teaching this and, you know, all the scripts, I give you everything. It's a video walkthrough. You have workbooks. I give you all the scripts. Uh, I also give the follow-up. We have a, a monthly Q and a call, uh, that you can be on. We have a private Slack group so you can ask questions of other MSPs. Uh, you know, it's great because I see conversations even outside LinkedIn on there. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably the, the biggest thing is, you know, if you want to talk more, there's also a, a button on there where you can book a time on my calendar. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, to talk more about LinkedIn uh, and, and to be able to help you utilize that and make that, you know, a, a very huge complement to whatever marketing that you're doing now. And are you working with other businesses outside of MSPs with this as well? So if an MSP had a client who could use your services, are you open to uh, having that discussion? We are. And that's one of the things we're getting ready to launch uh, right now is, is what, uh, the, an educational platform for MSPs to be able to resell where we do all the work. Awesome. We put together the training videos, uh, you know, 
because my thing is this will work in other markets. Uh, we also have, you know, clients in the, in the legal space and financial services. So we're doing, you know, the exact same program that I teach MSPs is working in other markets. The great thing with MSPs is we're seeing the metrics a bit higher because, okay, let's face it, not everybody needs a financial planner every month. Um, but, you know, IT providers are much more in demand uh, than that. So we're seeing, you know, connection and meeting connections uh, much higher rate than we do in, in those couple markets. So, but yeah, everything I teach is going to be white label. Uh, it'll be LinkedIn for my business where it'll just be, you know, they can resell LinkedIn for my business and they can, you know, sell this as an online course or we're trying to figure out how to roll this out and scale being able to offer, you know, teaching webinars, uh, teaching seminars where we can do this for your end clients. And, you know, we can get on and, and, and do training courses with your clients. So. Great. Well, I think it's a much, uh, much needed service, Andrew. And I, you know, uh, from a, you know, from a, an all encompassing uh, marketing agency like ours, have somebody like you that we can trust to, you know, drill down a little deeper is always a, a good thing to have in our, in our suite as well. So Andrew, thanks again for doing this. I know you and I had a difficult time getting this call arranged, <laughs> but uh, life of two busy people. So Again, mm -hmm. thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. And uh, I wish you the best of luck. And, um, you know, what I heard from a few of my clients that are working with you, they have nothing but great things to say. And um, that's that's fantastic. So uh, we'll look forward to maybe having you back on the show. And I'll, you know, following you on LinkedIn as well over the next, uh, next several weeks. Awesome. I look forward to it. Thanks again for having me on the show today. Thanks, Andrew. All right. I'm going to stop the recording.